Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your second place Miami Dolphins, now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I am Sam Marcoux. He is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, Mr. Christopher Cullen. Chris, how the hell are you, my friend? Oh, I'm great, Sam, because not only am I a two-time Hall of Famer, but for the first time in six years, uh, I can say I'm a champion coach. Um, ah. My son's football team, fourth and fifth grade, Sun Valley Spartans, won the championship game on Saturday. Uh, we lost last year. I posted on Reddit a picture of me and my son with the trophy. It's, it was reached with very high praise. I'm very excited to share it with everybody. It was a phenomenal weekend, followed up by a very ugly victory against the Jets. But, hey, we won, so I can't complain, man. I'm in a great mood. My son is a champion football player. Uh, he earned it. He worked his ass off, and it is exciting to be a part of it for those kids. That's a fantastic weekend for you all the way around because, number one, your son and you went sharing that championship moment. Great father-son bonding. Number two, your son's yep. name is what again? Zach Thomas Cullen. So, so, so <laughs> named him after a great, great football player, and to see him win the title was great. So finally, Zach Thomas has won the championship of football. <laughs> so you guys are all welcome here from Christopher Cullen here in Perfectville. So uh, your team wins. Zach Thomas wins. The Miami Dolphins beat the Jets and sweep them for 2018. Ooh. And on top of all of that, the 1972 team gets to pop them bottles because the uh, Los Angeles Rams lose to the New Orleans Saints, therefore making once again, only one town or one resident of Perfectville other than you and I, and that would be, of course, the 1972 Miami Dolphins. So congrats to Don Shula, Mercury Morris, Larry Zonka, Paul Warfield. Well, I don't know if Paul, yeah, Paul's on that team. And then everyone else that was a part of that 1972 historic team, the reason why we named our show what it is. Um, Chris, great weekend for the Miami Dolphins all the way around. However, you are right. The Miami Dolphins are 5-4. and four. They sweep the hated New York Jets, yet it is a very... Uh, Odd feeling right now, yeah. sitting at five and four, number seven seed for the AFC East player for the AFC playoffs. Uh, why is that? Well, I, I guess the best way I can explain it is if you ever played Jenga and like the whole bottom, the foundation, there's like one thing holding everything together, and you know eventually you're gonna have to hit that piece. And the whole fucking thing's gonna come tumbling down. Ah. I feel like that's our our team right now, like our franchise right now. Uh, yeah, we're five and four. That victory was just ugly. It was just ugly. No offensive touchdowns at all from either team. Home game. We're wearing dark jerseys for some reason. Like, like everything is just weird. Uh, it, we we need a defensive touchdown after such horrible defensive performances. Rashad Jones benches himself. I mean, like it was just weird. Even though we won it, uh, Sam, it, I, I don't know how to explain it, but like we won. You should be happy. You're five and four, like you said. We're a game out from the wild card if the playoffs started today. Um, but I just, I, I know you feel it too. The fans too. There's just a somber gray sky oncoming. Uh, and we know it's on its way. It just there's just no way this season ends uh, like we want it to do, like like the playoffs, because it just is something's coming, something's happening, something's going to catch up to us. And it, I don't know when, but it's soon. It feels like we got undercharged for something, and we're the only people that know, <laughs> and we didn't say anything. I, I feel guilty after that win for some reason because they didn't play well enough on offense, or well, I guess on defense they did, but it's kind of grading on a curve because the Jets' offense is just putrid. Oh, yeah. um, so you know, we won, but you kind of feel like, ah, eh, we probably should have lost, but somebody forgot to uh, check the receipt here. But oh well, you know what? We should have won that Bengals game, and we lost that game. So uh, maybe these things balance out at the end. Nonetheless, we are five and four. Uh, we do have a solid grasp on second place of the AFC East. And uh, speaking of solid grasp, I need to give out a solid shout out to one of our citizens of Perfectville here, Chris, before we get to the coin toss and into the heart and the soul of the show. Uh, I do want to point out that we do have yet another customer review on Apple Podcasts. They just keep coming in here, sir. And uh, this comes from DE4Yanks. Five stars, a show for the worst of times is the headline. And it says, that's what the past 20 years have been for Finns fans, the worst of times. 
Sam and Chris are true fans who tell it like it is, yet they have fun with it. The only Finn podcast that can joke about our beloved Dolphins and also talk about having sex with Tom Brady's chin. <laughs> a, a must listen for any Dolphin, at least whenever they remember to record, which seems to be a theme here, Chris. Wow. Uh, people bashing us for our lack of uh, consistency in our schedule. But you know what? I don't really care. I've got a lot going on. You have a lot going on. We have a lot that's coming up here on the podcast, including some humongous guests that uh, I'm surprised they said yes to be on this stupid show, but they are. So, uh, yes, every now and then we miss a week or we miss a day or we get delayed. But you know what? We have the best freaking podcast that's out there about the Miami Dolphins. So uh, you can enjoy it at your leisure. And you can just, you know what? You can even just listen to it whenever you want. I mean, if you like it so much, just go replay one of the old episodes at our on our archives at uh, on our I Fuck that word. Easy at for our, you to say. <laughs> just go watch. Just go listen to one of the old shows at welcome to perfectville.com. Okay. Good Lord. Well, last to- week, Sam, it, it was Halloween. Um, also, in the middle of the week, so, so random. I hate that holiday being in the middle of the week. And um, like like I mentioned to start the show, we, we had three days of practice preparing for a championship game. Um, you're on the West Coast. It just things didn't work out. Um, but here we are. We're back. Uh, reading a review, I love that he said that though. But here's the thing: like, you ever like take out old pants out that you just found in your closet, you haven't worn in a while, and then check the pocket, and it's a random ten dollar bill or something. That's when you get a notification that a new Perfectville podcast is there posted. It's just a surprise, a uh, uh, surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, ironically, that you used a pants descriptor to uh, describe the show. Considering for the first year and a half, we did the show without wearing pants, no pants. on either pants. side of the uh, on either side of the uh, of the United States here. But uh, another thing about that Jets game here, Chris, that I want to point out is that uh, we didn't have our predictions up because we didn't do a podcast for the Jets game, uh, which really is kind of a shame on us. Even with all those other excuses, it was Jets week. We probably should have put something out. Um, but I don't think either one of us was going to predict the Dolphins to lose to the Jets in you know in Miami. So uh, no. that brings us to once again. I think my record. I've, I'm only down one game so far this year. And something else to point out that I pointed out a couple of weeks ago on this very show. I did not watch this game at home. So Ooh. this year, when I do not watch the games for the Miami Dolphins at my lovely, lovely abode, the Miami Dolphins are undefeated. They're five and zero. Oh. When I watch the games here at my house, zero oh and four. Mm. So. Uh, I guess I got somebody needs to uh, invite me over this Sunday when the Packers game that we'll talk about here in just a little bit. But before we talk about that, we do have to uh, we have to start the show officially here, Chris, and we got to do the coin toss. So are, do you have your topic ready? I do, sir. So do I. I have the coin here. I'm looking at it in the year is 2018, which actually is this year, Chris, where the team is now five and four, as we've talked about. <laughs> a lot of stuff going on, lots of stuff, including Rashad Jones quitting on the team. That happened actually this past week during a Oof. win. Uh, such a bizarre season. I can't wait for the Finzies at the end of this year to just recap all the just weirdness and Just when you think it can't get any weirder, um, the Miami Dolphins get fined. Uh, The Miami Dolphins fans are screaming about the fact that they were told to sit down in their seats. There's just all kinds of things going on. It never ends. It never ends, even in the deep end. And that's actually my topic for this episode of Perfectville. Shall I win? I will be talking about the fans and their gripe with the deep end, section 127, and all the Super Doll fans uh, getting phone calls from their ticket representatives representatives about the miscarriage of justice they received while rooting their team on and Jet fans getting what they asked for during a Miami Dolphins home game. And if or if not, this is a big deal. That is my topic, the actual Dolphins, the citizens of Perfectville. Chris, what is your topic? My topic is uh, a goodbye to number 17, Ryan Tannehill. Oh, my goodness. This is going to be the show that causes us to get yelled at. So uh, we're going to call it in the air like we normally do. Heads is one side, tails is the other. Chris, call it in the air. I am flipping now. Heads. It's actually tails. Look at you switching it it up. Uh, But that is okay. Costanza and do everything different that I normally don't do on the show. But there, here we are. You know what? I'm going to defer to the second half of the show for my topic because uh, you've got me intrigued. We have a goodbye letter or a goodbye song or some sort of farewell to our beloved quarterback, Mr. Ryan Tannehill. So the floor is yours, sir. Well, uh, it all started. 
this evening when um, I went out to the garage to help my wife pick up a couple of things. And I looked at the garage also being my man cave, my dolphin man cave. And I looked up at the almost shrine-esque jersey I have hanging perfectly center in the main wall behind the bar of a signed Ryan Tannehill jersey. Uh, next to it, a Ryan Tannehill cover, Sports Illustrated, where they did regional covers, and he was on the one. And I had someone in my family in South Florida get it for me. Um, and I looked at it, and I looked at Charlotte, my wife, and I said, uh, we might need to be taking these down next year. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I mean, at least rearranging and moving them. I'm not going to you know, put a shrine up to the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback, so <laughs> to speak. Um, because I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to be on our team next year. Mm. And I also think he's played his last game as a Miami Dolphin in the Cincinnati Bengals game. You, you think that's his last game as a Miami Dolphin? That is your prediction right here, right now? Yes. Wow. Yes. Uh, co- combined with someone like Chris Kaufman, who uh, C.K. Parahead has come out and, and he's over and over said that it's more than just a capsule injury. It's a tear in his labrum. Uh, which could cause surgery either now or later in the season. We know how that works out when he tries to just wait till the end of the season to have surgery or not have it at all. Mm. Um, but I read right before our show, maybe ten minutes or so. Antoine Staley did uh, Stanley. I'm sorry, did a um, ask me anything on the Miami Dolphins subreddit. Uh, he is uh, for the USA Today, formerly of the Palm Beach Post, covers the Miami Dolphins, has since 2013. And someone asked him about Ryan Tannehill, and he said he told him in a press conference that. Um, even if he did play this year, he'd have pain, and uh, he, he would never get around that. It would be painful to throw the ball, and he doesn't think Adam Gase, or maybe he was just you know projecting, I don't know, or paraphrasing, but a 60% Ryan Tannehill is not better than 100% Brock Osweiler. And with that being said, and the contract that he's due to get next year and the ways we can still get out of it with a very minimal cap hit, Sam, for Iron Man, someone that we joked about that named his son Steel because mm-hmm. even with a horrible offensive line, he pissed blood but came back week after week. After that knee injury two years ago where uh, Campbell came flying in and uh, for the Cardinals at the time, now with the Jaguars, um, and ended his season and he missed the entire rest of the 2017 season and came back. Now it's a shoulder injury with the contract with now an all of a sudden injury history, I don't think Ryan Tannehill plays another snap for the Miami Dolphins. And here we are again looking for a quarterback. Again. This is um, probably accurate. I mean, you look at the history, like you talked about, Chris Kaufman broke it, and uh, the folks over at uh, Five Reasons Podcast Network, uh, they had the story before everyone else. They were talking about the shoulder injury weeks upon weeks before anyone else, uh, well, at least the week leading up to the Chicago Bears game. And uh, matter of fact, the Miami Dolphins and Adam Gase personally were fined this week for not reporting the injuries correctly. So they obviously had some sort of source. I don't know who it is. I'm not going to suspect to know who it is, but they had an inside source. They broke that story and it looks like this indis- indis- indi- uh, injury I'm having a hard time here tonight injury <laughs> is uh, pretty significant I mean obviously it is he's missed four or five games he's ruled out for the Packers game we don't know if we're going to see him again this season and I tend to agree with you if we don't see him again this season chances of him coming back to the Miami Dolphins under the current contract that he has are slim and none his base salary for 2019 aged 31 is almost $19 million, plus, plus part of the signing bonus, which is $2.3 million, plus a workout bonus of 25000 which is chump change at this point. And overall, the cap hit is $26.6 million. If we cut them, the dead cap is 13.4. So even if we cut them, we're, we're looking at a huge amount of money that we just can't spend next year. But you do get back about $13 million if you cut him outright, which they are going to need to fill other holes as well as figure out what to do at quarterback. There is absolutely no way that Ryan Tannehill is getting to see that contract next year, especially coming off of yet another season-ending 
possible injury and uh, still having the questions surrounding him at 31 years old. I mean, the time is up. Um, This was supposed to be the year that he proved everybody one way or the other. And unfortunately, I think you're right. I think he has proven that he cannot be the quarterback uh, for the Miami Dolphins, at least not the franchise quarterback. I mean, I I feel like he's probably going to go the way of uh, a lot of journeyman quarterbacks. He's probably going to float from team to team, be a backup, be a spot starter, maybe come in and be like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, who wowed somebody one game or two games and, you know, three, four games in, you're, you're kind of getting that middle of the road Ryan Tannehill again. So um, it's, it's, it's weird to say that. It's weird to say that because Ryan Tannehill is the only current player on the team whose jersey I have. Um, yeah. the other, well, I take that back. I have a Cam Wake jersey as well, but. Uh, that's kind of almost like he Cam Wake has gotten to the point of Dan Marino and Jason Taylor and Zach Thomas that you're going to wear his jersey regardless of how the rest of his career ends up. Exactly. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill has not entered that arena yet. Yet I he sits. I'm looking at one of his jerseys right now. So um, it's going to be weird, and it's going to be weird to have a team that has talent at a lot of key positions, but might have to start completely over at quarterback. And really, that's my question to you. Going back to you. You said it, Chris. If this is the end of the Ryan Tannehill era here for Miami and the Miami Dolphins, where do they go? What options do they have available to them in what is considered to be a pretty weak quarterback class for the draft? Yeah, I was just about to say that. Uh, Antoine Staley also said that um, he can see us going uh, later in the first round with maybe a quarterback uh, possible trade. I don't know. Teddy Bridgewater maybe a Mm. possibility. Um, no one's for sure, but I think, uh, with the things that are happening, which are not something that you can hindsight, go back and look at and predict that Ryan Tannehill is going to hurt his shoulder of all things. Um, so you can't really call him out too much, but it's a thing that people questioned when it happened, uh, why Adam Gase wasn't bringing in legitimate competition from Ryan Tannehill, whether young or free agent or uh, journeyman, whatever it was, it seemed he just like gave him the job, no problem, here it is, and it was a risk, and it was was absolutely called out when it was happening, so it's not just a hindsight thing. People were wondering why we didn't go quarterback at all in the NFL draft last year, not once, not Riley Ferguson, not anybody in the third, fourth, fifth round. Yes, we signed Falk later on, but um, it just seemed like that wasn't a priority. Gase put all his eggs in his basket, and we talked about this earlier in the season, Sam, I think before the season even started. Uh, we both agreed he was hanging his hat on on 17. He was putting his coaching career together uh, side by side with Ryan Tannehill, live or die, succeed or fail. And now maybe he has a little bit of a get-out-of-jail-free card with an injury again uh, where he can say, hey, let me get a guy. But, man, he really put all his eggs in one basket, and here we are riding the Brock Osweiler train hoping we can – Somehow turn this five and four season into something more spectacular. Well, looking at this team, looking at the Miami Dolphins team as it's currently constructed, just you know, kind of looking at uh, everything that we know, the injuries that we've we've seen, and the lack of offense that we have under Brock Osweiler. You know, this Green Bay Packers game, we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. Um, <laughs> that is at Green Bay. It's not even at you know the standard one o'clock time. It got flexed out to the uh, late games. I'm looking at that as probably some sort of loss. I, I'm that's oh, yeah. not my official prediction yet, but uh, but. Most likely, that's where I'm leaning here later in the show. Then we have our bye week. Um, at that point, I think we will know one way or the other if Ryan Tannehill is coming back this season or not. But looking at that, we have the uh, Indianapolis Colts at Indianapolis. Then we are home for the Bills, home for the Patriots, away to Minnesota, home for Jacksonville, and then away for Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills are the worst team in the NFL right now. So assuming assuming we can beat them twice, there's no reason why the Miami Dolphins can't beat them twice. That puts them at seven wins. The Colts are not very good, but they are hosting us. Um, I could see us squeaking out that game. That puts us at eight wins. I don't see us beating the Patriots anytime soon. The Jaguars are not as good as they once were. That defense is still scary, but that offense is just god-awful. That could go either way. I might give the advantage to the Miami Dolphins because we're playing that game at home. That puts us at nine wins. So now really what it boils down to, Chris, is can we beat the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota? That's a tough one. If you do that, you're looking at 10 wins. You're probably in the playoffs. If you can't do that, 
then you're at nine and seven, according to my math right here, and you're probably on the outside looking in. Either way, whether you go ten and six or nine and seven, I don't think this team is strong enough to get past the Kansas City Chiefs of the world, the New England Patriots of the world, uh, and whoever's going to come out of the AFC North. Most likely, this team is looking at a late, middle to late first round draft pick in a very bad draft class. This couldn't happen at a worse time yeah. because if this happens last year, or if we, you know, been aggressive to go after it last year, we probably are looking at one of our franchise quarterback options on the roster right now, probably playing. And we say, look, we're going to have our growing pains. But going into next year, I, I don't know. I mean, Luke Falk, maybe I guess, and that's the that's the young guy that you have. But um, he, he was buried fourth on the on the roster. Is he ready to take the leap above people like Brock Osweiler and David Fails? I, I'm not sure. So. I agree with you. I think Adam Gase has the ability to spin this and say, all right, I'm going to start over. I need more time. I am the quarterback whisperer. Ryan Tannehill got injured. That's not really my fault. I'm going to start over with something new, and he can maybe convince Steven Ross. But uh, it does look somewhat bleak for the Miami Dolphins at the quarterback position going forward if Ryan Tannehill is as injured as we all seem to think he is. Well, and we can't discount either, if we're just going to talk about Adam Gase for a moment, the absolute massive amount of injuries that we have had. Um, we, <laughs> It feels like it was uh, now just decades ago that we were excited how injury-free we were coming out of the preseason. And then all of a sudden, Sitton's down, Kilgore's down. Uh, we're losing our quarterback. We're losing our receivers. Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson's out for the year. Like, it's just – shit is just – insane now when it comes to the injuries um Tannehill of course being out for the majority of it uh Staley who also I'm, I keep going back to it because I read his AMA has asked me anything pretty recently before the show so it's very fresh he he, he completely said we're a 10 or 11 win team with a fully healthy um roster and this was a pretty decent schedule we had this year so um I don't know Adam Gase might be able to finagle his way to try to again without Tannehill and someone else but as far as Ryan Tannehill goes, I, I, I just don't see, uh, unless, like you said, something randomly spectacular happens during the bye week and he comes back and, and practices and looks good, uh, he's done. Yeah, that doesn't look great. Um, you know, Also looking at that schedule, one thing to keep in mind, and really where I'm going with that is this Packers game is not a game that I thought we were going to win at the beginning of the year. If no. they can somehow manage to win at Lambeau, that changes a whole lot. Then I think you start looking at this going, all right, how can we win this year? Because then you are looking at the math going, we could win 10 or 11 depending on uh, how this all shakes out. But we have one, two, three more games at home, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, Chris, 15-5 uh, and five, their last 20 home games. Isn't wow. that unbelievable? Isn't that unbelievable? That means we're terrible on the road. Good we lord, are, we've been god awful <laughs> on the road for like the last twenty games as well. But at fifteen and five, their last twenty home games, and uh, I'm going to drop another stat with you here with the uh, Green Bay Packers. We'll, we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But um, I think you'd be surprised at the overall record the Miami Dolphins hold over the Green Bay Packers in their lifetime series. But uh, all right, well, I mean, I guess Luke Falk is, is somebody to take a look at for next year. Maybe that's why, looking at four quarterbacks, we thought he was crazy, but maybe he was stashing one away and going, hey, this is a, a long-term prospect for us and maybe somebody who's going to be pushed to the front here next season. I mean, cheap contract, somebody that uh, if you have to cut and eat that dead cap money for Ryan Tannehill um, – you take your lumps with somebody young like that. You you make a play for a grizzled veteran who can maybe, you know, show him the ropes here a little bit, whether that be Brock Osweiler or somebody else. And then you uh, you you go draft another rookie somewhere. I mean, maybe that's the strategy if if Ryan Tannehill can't go. Yeah, we'll see how it all unfolds. But I feel like we're just back at square one, like the Twilight Zone. Back at square one and back at halftime here on Perfectville. Take a uh, break, go get a beer, take a leak, and then we will come back and finish off this bad boy here in the beautiful, lovely, vivacious town of Perfectville. DolphinsTalk.com is your one website for all things Miami Dolphins. With the award-winning DolphinsTalk.com podcast, in-depth video breakdowns and analysis, as well as daily articles all year round, DolphinsTalk.com is the place to go for all of your Miami Dolphins needs. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DolphinsTalk 
and to visit our website, DolphinsTalk.com, each and every day. And welcome back to the second half of Perfectville. Chris, as you know, I won the coin toss for the second show in a row, and uh, I deferred to the second half because that Ryan Mm. Tannehill discussion was something that I really wanted to get into because, uh, man, if you don't have a quarterback in this league, as you know, you you don't really have much else going on. So uh, we started with that. I want to get into Dolphins in general. Chris, do you consider yourself a super fan of the Miami Dolphins? Uh... I know where you might be going with this, and I've talked a lot on this uh, on this show about the quote unquote self proclaimed super fans. Uh, but I am a gigantic fan of the Miami Dolphins. Yes, so you are a huge fan of the Miami Dolphins. I am a huge fan of the Miami Dolphins. I do not consider myself a super fan because I believe that term is something that is uh, reserved for children. Um, <laughs> That might be that might be the most uh, appropriate uh, uh, way to describe it. Look, I, I I got I have no problem with people dressing themselves up and going to a Miami Dolphins game. I, I mean, I understand Gorilla Luke, Big Papa Pump, Kathleen Noah, uh, Finn Sticky, NorCal Dolphin. All these people they are huge, huge Miami Dolphins fans who want. Nothing more than to see the Miami Dolphins win. Uh, they're good people. I've hung out with a lot of them, especially here recently when I went to South Florida. Um, but there's something about that culture, and it's not just Miami Dolphins. It's you know, it's Raider Nation. It's the Black Hole. It's the the Forty Nine er people, Forty Nine er faithful, whatever they call themselves. Fucking dorks. The the it's <laughs> something about that that I'm like. Can't you just put on a freaking Dolphins T-shirt and cheer like a normal human being? Do you no, it's ha- got to be about them too. They have to make it extra. Do you have to have your own business card with your Dolphin handle on it, like you're on Twitter at all times? <laughs> Do you have to walk into a bar the day before wearing a gorilla suit when it's 95 degrees? It smells like. Bigfoot's dick inside there. You absolutely know it's a horrible, <laughs> wretched smell. I mean, there's something about those super fans that I just don't I don't get it, I guess is the best way. I don't want to disparage them because I know they're going to come after me. I just don't get it. And by the way, none of those people, as far as I know, are sitting here talking about the Miami Dolphins on a podcast every single week. So they might be looking at us, Chris, and going, well, what are you guys doing with your time? So I get it. They can throw stones just like we're throwing stones at them. But here's the part that I don't yeah, understand. But unlike them, we're not wearing costumes. We're not even wearing pants. That's true. We aren't. We're not wearing. We're not doing. We're not supporting our team in any fashion. We're just bashing them the entire time once a week. Um, so th- where I'm going with this is the Jets game that just occurred. Uh, there was some big controversy because in the deep end, which is the one end of the end zone where a lot of these uh, super crazy fans hang out, um, they were standing up for the entire game. They were cheering. They were yelling. Uh, and I don't even understand why because that was the most boring game. I'd rather go to a library and just watch the people reading. That would have been more exciting than watching that Jets-Dolphins travesty from this past weekend. But uh, as I understand it through Twitter and other social media accounts, a lot of Dolphins were up, rowdy, cheering, not really doing anything wrong, but just standing up. And some Jets fans who were politely sitting down complained about it. And uh, people came over and told the Dolphins fans, the Dolphins at a home game, either sit down or get out. And they pretty much all left, whether they were thrown out or they protested and walked out is up for debate. Uh, But the bottom line is this became the topic for all these Dolphins to talk about. Now, I, I, I want to point out that the Miami Dolphins are currently being fined by the NFL. Their head coach is being fined by the NFL. Their Pro Bowl All-Pro safety quit on the team during this game. Mm. Their quarterback, who they've had for the last six or seven years, that a lot of these guys defend to the ends of the earth, is out injured once again. We have more injuries than, you know, Vietnam at this point. Yet the <laughs> the the topic of the week for these guys was the fact that they were asked to sit down in the seat that they purchased. And uh, they each all got individual phone calls from their ticket folk over at the Miami Dolphins telling them that going forward, this will be a standing room only section so that there will no longer be controversy at all. Chris, 
did this even hit your radar this week? Was this anything that you even like saw? Or and if you did, what was your reaction to it? Yeah, I saw one person complaining that uh, they were asked to sit down multiple times or something, and asked to leave. I, I, I don't, I don't fucking care. I don't know. <laughs> it's just like it, it's like again though. Like I just said, can you wear a Dolphins t-shirt and just root for your your team? There's there's a seventy something thousand people in that stadium, but you you got to get that spotlight on yeah. you. You got to wear that costume or that weird wig and dye your beard and put on Hulk hands. Like you got to be, <laughs> you got to be that guy. You got to make sure you get on the jumbotron. There's some kind of self uh, kind of uh, awareness that they don't have i don't feel um and and i've talked about this about to my wife before too like um we went on vacation and like she was a part of some group on facebook about the like theme park we went to and anytime she saw a wait time or something like she was posting on it and she would like look at my stepdaughter and be like i've got 60 likes it's uh, they're totally enjoying this and i'm like what the fuck are you getting out of this? Like what like who cares that like 18 people liked your post about the mummy wait time like at Universal Studios like I don't get it. Um there's just people that just have to have that vindication that they're known or uh, as Dan Levitard called it when I entered on a show a uh, cheap celebrity personality where I remember going to the Carolina Panthers game when you, when you were here, Sam, uh, Thursday night football when Ricky Williams had that hell of a game. Yeah. And like people were going up to those guys. He has like the helmets, the mini helmets wrapped around his neck and he like oh, chews yeah. on them and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, that's cool that you're able to go to every game and everything, but I, I don't know. It just, it feels like it's that guy at, at wrestling that wears a green smiley face shirt and sits camera facing like, just fucking enjoy the show. Enjoy the game. Why do you have to make it about yourself or be a guy that's recognized like Brock Lesnar guy or Frank the Clown in wrestling world? Like I just those type of fake limited personalities are very odd to me. It's very odd. And the thing about it is, like you talked about, a lot of this is for their own attention, and they do get attention from you know the press. People take their photos. They end up on TV on those bumper commercials in and out. They do end up on the on the big screen. But I can tell you what, man, I wore a Miami Dolphins tank top and a Miami Dolphins hat and just some regular old gray shorts and some sunglasses, and I was on the big Tron three fucking times during the Bears game. So you don't have to wear all that stuff to get your big old ugly face up on the freaking screen. I got put up there three times, and I looked like just a regular person walking down the street in South Florida. I mean, it's it's. It, I get it. Maybe it's part of a, you know, it's almost like a big costume party. It's part of the tailgate. I kind of sort of understand that. But I got to know some of these people, Chris, and they put in a lot of effort into what they're going to wear, what matches with what, for what game. It is, it is, it is startling how much time is put into these <laughs> super fan costumes and cosplay. That's essentially what it is. It's a freaking cosplay. And uh, now they're mad that they were told to sit down. You know, good. Look, I'm not going to shed any tears for a Jets fan um, not being able to see the game. I say build that wall of human flesh in front of them and don't let them watch it. By the way, they made you a favor. You you, you only got six points that game, Jet fan. Um, but what do you make of them having enough power? Uh, there's something to be said about their clout because now that whole section is going to be standing room only, uh, mainly because of their complaints online and the bad press that the Miami Dolphins are getting. I mean, is that a good thing that the Miami Dolphins fans have that much power that uh, that they can make a change like that? Or is it a good thing that the Dolphins listen to their hardcore fans? Or is this just much ado about nothing? Well, I think it's a good thing the Dolphins, as a franchise, listen to their fans uh, because as I shit on them, believe me, hear me, and I hope you listen to this whole podcast, I, I do respect that you're there at every game, you travel, oh, yeah. you, you're a big fan, I, I get that, that's awesome, like that is awesome, you fully support the team, um, like that. that's so cool, like I get it. Um, for that, but I also just you know question um, <laughs> like just the other things, like the little things, like you have to be the center of attention or wear a costume to enjoy it. And like you said, it's 100 degrees. Calm down, Gorilla yeah. Gary. Gary. Like yeah. it's it's, it's got to be <laughs> really hot in there. And there's no way you're enjoying yourself. There's just no way. I saw um, them. I saw them after the game, by the way, after that Bears game, how hot it was, plus it went into overtime. Those guys are drained. It's like they ran a marathon. They took the they took the hood off, and they are just drenched in sweat. I mean, I have respect for them to keep it on the entire game, but I'm looking at this going, God, is it worth it? Is it worth a bunch of strangers coming up and putting their arms around you to take a picture? Exactly. I guess it is. 
to them, I guess it does vindicate something, but like my thing, they have to feel so empty when they're not noticed without the costume on. Well, the best, the best, right? Yeah, I mean, who who was the comic? I think it was Doug Stanhope who said he's famous within 150 yards of his, of a comedy club once he gets off stage. Like after that, nobody cares, nobody knows yeah. who he is. He just looks like some other person. These people wearing these costumes and this makeup and these capes and whatever it is they're wearing, tassels, uh, 30 yards away from dolphins, uh, a dolphins game, they look like a maniac. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just look like a crazy person walking down the street. So I, I don't know. I just think it's kind of funny. I hope they don't flame our ass too badly here for this. I know they're going to get mad. They're going to band together and stand in front of us, not let us watch the game here this weekend. But I just <laughs> kind of saw this whole thing, and it was amusing to me. Like, we got all this controversy running around this team. We have injuries. We got people quitting on the team. We've got, you know, Devontae Parker trying but failing. We've got Adam Gase doing whatever it is he's doing. We've got Ryan Tannehill, whose arms are just falling off every second of every day. And uh, here we are talking about the fans getting yelled at um, because they, they stood up throughout this entire thing. It just it blew my mind that this was to priority number one for the Dolphins after everything well, else. But maybe it's a nice distraction from the team. Well, and I look at it like this, Sam. I, I saw a discussion on Reddit earlier about uh, these women on Venmo and, and Tumblr and all these apps and stuff and Tinder asking for money, like out of the blue for nothing. And people are like, this is disgusting. Like, who just asks for money just because they can? And then somebody said, well, hold on a second. Like, get mad at the guys that are paying them because obviously it's working sometimes. Yeah. There's there's people somewhere. So the people that, like, like their pictures and ask them for photos and, like, subscribe to their Twitter feeds and their Facebook pages, they're the reason these people have a voice because, like, there's another weird – side fan that like thinks these people are really fucking cool because they wear a wig that skeet had remember when we went to the jets game he had that same wig as that guy with the hulk hands like he that's not like special or anything he made like it's a wig that stands up and he dyes his goatee and wears orange hulk hands like from the marvel comics the hulk but he can wear those to a like you said only to dolphins activities nowhere else. If you go yeah. to Publix in Boca Raton, like he's getting the cops called on. They're him. calling the cops. But, They're calling the cops on a maniac yeah. homeless person. But he's at a dolphins game. There's gonna be a line of like eighty people. They're like, I've seen you on the Titantron. Can I have a picture, I, Dave? And he could be like a convicted felon. Like he might not be. He might be a great banker or investment banker. I have no idea. But like you have no idea who this person is. And yeah. all it's because he puts on like Toys R Us gloves and dyes his goatee. He's semi horribly famous. Like it's just so weird to me I, sam there's already a level i think we've talked about this before about putting on another man's jersey yeah i think ryan Tannehill is younger than me or like we're very close <laughs> in age so i think it's very odd to even put on his jersey and wear that like i just yeah, yeah that's that's weird i can I, I i'm not i don't have a problem with dan marino jason taylor zach thomas i was a kid growing up watching them so there's a whole dynamic there but then once you get into the part where you're getting old enough now to where the guys that you watch on TV are younger than That's you, a good point. That's just a great wearing point. their jersey and their name and their number is odd. I'm but to burning actually the, wear yeah. a costume and cosplay, that, that's just weird, man. Just root for the, just root for the team. Just watch I, football. I, I'm you, you convinced me I'm burning that Tannehill jersey, not because I don't like the guy, but because I am older by him by five years, and I'm like, shit, he's right. Chris is absolutely this right. Is weird. God. I was in kindergarten when he was born, and now yeah. I'm on uh, this is not good but yeah the the uh and i'm not bullshitting you i i literally had one of these super fans uh was looking at um, uh a bagston because i had him right when i was in miami and and he asked me for a custom one and i'm like no i'm not going to do a custom one And he goes bro if you give me a custom one uh I'll, I'll tweet it out to all my followers and i got a lot of followers and i'm like they're the same people that listen to my stupid show we're all <laughs> we're all the yeah. same people i don't need your followers no i'm not giving you a custom one uh just take this one or go fuck off with your Is face that the paint. new barter system in the year we live in now like you can barter things based on your followership like I, it's I crazy guess, i guess we're heading down that path but that's a podcast for another day uh i think i'm done talking and you know what L- listen to me all fans, citizens of Perfectville, crazy people. This is not just you, okay? Every fan base has this. Yes. Every single fan base, whether you're the Fireman Chiefs. Ed started this bullshit. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is, and who, by the way, was a Miami Dolphin fan to start. So this is really our fault to begin with. But everyone, I don't care if it's baseball, basketball, football, we all have crazy people, okay? That's why they are called, you know, fanatics, right? But still, Settle down. We don't need that stuff. Okay, just just be a regular human being. Just just be normal. Okay, <laughs> just be normal down. and and don't be 
weird person that well i don't know man i'm I'm going down a weird rabbit hole i don't think people are going to like this rant but anyway uh (laughs) why don't we get off of this and just go to three and out here all right very special three and out on this episode chris usually we talk about all things nfl this one we're going to actually do a game preview between the green bay packers and the miami dolphins as you know the miami dolphins five and four heading to green bay heading to lambeau field title town versus perfectville as somebody pointed out on twitter and all the social medias uh chris i'm going to start with this did you know that the miami dolphins and the green bay packers throughout their illustrious history have only met in the regular season 14 times head-to-head holy shit that they're both very old franchises that's surprising to me yeah and did you know that the miami dolphins in those 14 uh matchups have won 10 of them holy shit they have won 10 of the 14 they are 10 and 4 against the miami Dol- or against the green bay packers now the problem with that is you go wow history's on our side recent history though uh mm. the last four times we're one and three so recent history <laughs> is that brett Favre and aaron Rodgers uh like to just bully us around everywhere but i did not know that that a we've only met 14 times between the two franchises and b the miami dolphins are 10 and 4 <laughs> against the green bay packers which is uh blew my mind quite frankly I think that's why, Sam, uh, anytime anybody says, hey, Chris, gun to your head, do you have a second favorite football team? And I'm like, no, I, like I don't like another football team. But if like the Dolphins fell off the face of the earth and I had to just like start rooting for another team, Green Bay Packers are always the team I, I come up with. I think they were my my hateful 28, my least hated team. Like we'd never play them. Uh, Steve Sykes, big listener of the show, um, Astro Zoom, Dr. Astro Zoom, uh, went to a game in Lambeau and said the fans were just the fucking nicest people. They offered them food and beer, and they're like, hey, we like the Dolphins, a good team. Like, you guys really always root for you. We hate the Patriots. Like, just like hospitality out the years. Um, I, I, I have not a bad thing to say about Green Bay. Like, Aaron Rodgers is fucking awesome. His commercials are even funny, like in State Farm. Um, I did not expect to have a evil rivalry today, but yet here we are. Like, this, all of that. It's just good stuff. Like, Aaron Rodgers does a championship belt celebration. I like the, I like the Packers. So, that's not surprising because I, I don't have a hateful bone in my body for the Green Bay Packers, and that must be why, because we've had great success against them, yeah. and we har- hardly play them. The first time we ever lost was in 1997 to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, also yeah. interesting, in 2006, when we uh, we lost to the uh, Packers, we lost 34-24, to and that was in 2006. We beat the Packers back in 1985, 34-24. to So, uh, you're right. I mean, I we, we play them about every three to four, maybe five years on average, and you know, you do the math, you go, hey, that checks out. You know, with how long the Dolphins have been around? About 14 times. So uh, that is first down, my friend. Some odd stats about the Packers and Dolphins. Second down is yours. Second down, Sam. Um, and here's where we're going to mix in both the three and out and our game predictions. Uh, we're losing this game Sunday, Sam. And, oh. and and it's not because of Aaron Rodgers' magic or, uh, you know, Clay Matthews sacking Brock Osweiler multiple times. No, it's because the Green Bay Packers offensive coordinator is none other than Joe pick up trash off the field motherfucking Philbin. Oh my god. And he is getting his revenge game. I can see a Gatorade tub bath for this motherfucker as he randomly brings Ronnie Brown back or maybe gets Derek Carr to come play for him and just prove how much better he is than Ryan Tannehill. Um, Joe Philbin's getting his revenge, and it's happening on Sunday at 425 Eastern, my friend. So since you are saying that, what is the uh, – what is your <laughs> prediction. prediction? Yeah, what is actually, your actual – I actually honestly think this game is going to be close for a little bit, uh, maybe even until halftime where we're like, okay, 17-14 Green Bay or something, or we like, all right, a couple things happen, go our way, a few drops, we, we, we should be winning 21-20. You know, the same old bullshit on a Sunday. Um, but then they're going to pull away, and it's just going to be one of those, like, why are we here type deals. Um, I, I see us losing this game 31-17. to 31-17. to 17. I'm going to go 34-24. Packers beat the Miami Dolphins just so we can have the rubber match of 34 versus 24. Uh, I see the Packers beating the Miami Dolphins. I see us falling 5-5, to five, and I see all the super fans running around yelling about <laughs> something else next season or next uh, next week. They threw cheese at me. Yeah, they threw cheese at my head, those stupid Packers super fans. I'm going to walk away with my teal cape now. 
Um, <laughs> all right, let's go it's to Aquanachial, motherfucker. Uh, let's go to third down. Yes, and it's and it's coral instead of orange. My my apologies. Uh, third down. All right, third down here, Chris. When you think of the Packers and you think of the Dolphins and specifically think about quarterbacks, who is the first quarterback that comes to mind in your head? Out of both teams? Yeah, just throw some names out there that uh, they've Bart had some. Star, Dan Marino, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn, yes, there you go. <laughs> so that's, you kind of know where I'm going with this. Out, yeah. So you got Bart Starr, you have Brett Favre, you have Aaron Rodgers, you have uh, former and future Hall of Famers. You have Dan Marino and Bob Greasy, a couple of Hall of Famers in their own right. Uh, but the one that I want to point out is a guy that actually has a Super Bowl ring and was a quarterback for both of these franchises on multiple occasions. And, of course, I'm talking about the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, Doug Peterson. Uh, Doug Peterson started his career in the NFL with the Miami Dolphins in 1991. He then went to the New York slash New Jersey Knights, which is not even in the NFL. He came back to the Miami Dolphins from 1992 through 1994. He then went to the Carolina Panthers, didn't work out there, went to the Rhine Fire of the Euro League, came back to the Miami Dolphins in 1995, then left and went to the Green Bay Packers from 95 to 98, then had a cup of coffee with the Philadelphia Eagles, ironically enough, then to the Cleveland Browns, back to the Green Bay Packers from 2001 to 2004. This man has spent more time with the Packers and the Dolphins than any and all super fans of both franchises, and somehow, some way, is now the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, the team that beat the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl, our greatest rival. Who knew that Doug Peterson is the quarterback that ties all of these two historical franchises together, and not Brett Favre, not Bart Starr. Not Aaron Rodgers, not Dan Marino, and not Bob Greasy. Not the five Hall of Famers, but Doug fucking Peterson is the quarterback to look at and talk about when you talk about the Packers versus the Miami Dolphins. Dude, did he, like, have nude pictures of Don Shula? Why do you keep bringing him back? Like, that's unbelievable. It, the best part about all of this is that he goes to the New York, New Jersey Knights, which I think was the Arena League. He goes to the Rhine Fire, which is a German football team from back when we had NFL Europe. And he can't, he's not even good enough there that he comes back back to the Miami Dolphins after both of those stints and then uh, eventually goes to the Packers twice like this guy like you said he's either got nude photos or uh, he's just I don't know maybe he's he's got property in both places like hey just put me on the roster and I'll just do a landlord to all these different things that are going on here I've got a condo in Green Bay and I've got a, an apartment complex in in Fort Lauderdale I need to be there stat could you imagine be going back in time and sitting in a crowd with uh, a bunch of krauts in Germany watching the Rhine fire and being like, hey, so that <laughs> the quarterback out there, uh, he's going to be the head coach of a Super Bowl winning Philadelphia Eagles team for their first ever Super Bowl. And they'd be like, I'm sorry, like, what? how are you even coming up with this prediction? And um, more proof that it's funny that Adam Gase is the QB whisperer and uh, Dave Wan says this defensive guru and Jimmy Johnson's going to save the franchise and Joe Philbin's the offensive coordinator for uh, it's same with Cam Cameron with this dynamic offenses and they're going to be the difference. Nope. It's Doug Peterson, the quarterback from the Rhine fire in the Germany European league. That's the kind of coach you need to win a championship in today's NFL. Wow. What a fucking callback. And by the way, as a coach, he was the Philadelphia Eagles offensive quality control coordinator from 2009 to 2010. He was then the Philadelphia Eagles quarterbacks coach from 2011 to 2012, left to go to the Kansas City Chiefs, then came back to the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles in 2016. So this is a pattern for Doug Peterson. He leaves and comes back. Pattern Peterson, I'm going to call him. And just so <laughs> we all know, his career NFL statistics, 286 uh, for 522, good for 54.7% completion percentage, uh, 12 touchdowns, 19 interceptions, 2,762 passing yards for his career. I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers did that last week, and then his passer rating was 62.3. So uh, somehow this guy's been employed in the NFL or in football. And he's only since, thrown 262 yeah. yards more than we have yes. in the NFL. He's been employed in the NFL or in pro football since 1991. He's got a Super Bowl ring as a player even though he clearly didn't play and as a head coach uh yet somehow has worse stats than myself who's never played in the nfl at all it's uh it's and quite phenomenal fans think ryan Tannehill's the problem like give me a break <laughs> by the way by the way who was the quarterback that started the game when don shula broke the all-time wins record 
I'm gonna say Doug Peterson. Doug. God Peterson. damn it. This fucking guy. It was from the Rhine Fire uh, to starting Don Shula's record performance. Like that's amazing. Yeah, he came back because actually that God damn, I forgot. That Dan Marino ruptured his Achilles. Scott yeah. Mitchell came in, so they had to sign Doug Peterson as the backup. Scott Mitchell gets hurt, makes his NFL debut in nineteen ninety three, despite already being in the league for a couple of years. In a week eight game against the Indianapolis coach, he helped head coach Don Shula win his NFL record three hundred twenty fifth victory when Mitchell suffered a separated shoulder in week 11 against the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow. It's all coming back. Everything about Wait, so did Shula break the record against the Colts, the team he used to coach before the Dolphins? Yeah, there's some symmetry there, too. Yeah, Yeah, he absolutely did. So it's it's weird how life works out sometimes, but apparently the answer to all of life's problems is Doug Doug Peterson. Peterson. Do you think the the reps that called all the super doll fans is this like when they called and said, "Hey, we heard there was a problem." They're like, "Yeah, we're pissed. What are you going to do about it?" And they just whispered, "To Peterson." And then they all just calmed down. <laughs> it's Doug. Doug. Doug Peterson. Peterson. He's the answer to everything. That's what I whispered in Cody Parker's ear right before he kicked that uh, bad field goal against us when he was on the Bears. I just yelled, "Peterson." And then he looked at me and just shanked it. He knew what it meant. I love how Doug Peterson just like looks too like um it's a baggy hoodie with like the kind of salt and pepper hair, kind of a double chin guy. Like he's like he's always got a new tech startup that he wants to tell you about, or like there's a Meritrade uh, marijuana stocks that he's put money into, and he's just like super centric and about it and excited. But you're just like, all right, man, like calm down, like you're really overbearing. Like that's like what he looks like. He looks like that kind of guy. He looks like he plays bass guitar for a uh, an old-time <laughs> classic rock fog hat cover band play, on a Saturday night. He only play Alabama and the Grateful yeah. Dead. <laughs> yeah. He, like, <laughs> he, just, he looks like he's going to sell his term life insurance. You know what I mean? But somehow <laughs> this guy is the face of the NFL. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So when you're watching the Miami Dolphins get their asses beat by the Green Bay Packers and you see uh, – a starting quarterback in Aaron Rodgers and what a starting quarterback is supposed to look like, and you see a third-string backup quarterback in Brock Osweiler, I just want you to remember, Peterson. That's going to be a new spirit finger like thing. You throw your fingers up and just chant Peterson. If we can make that a thing, that'd be great. Yeah, uh, uh, That's our new shirt. It's just going to be a guy whispering Peterson, and then the <laughs> O is going to be Doug Peterson's face on uh, in Peterson. So... Anyway, with that being said, Chris, anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and there you go. Another exciting episode of Perfectville from Chris and Sam. Goodbye from Perfectville, part of the DolphinStock.com podcast network. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.